Sirius XM Sports Podcasts presents Mad Dog's Daily Bite with Christopher Russo. And good afternoon, everybody! There's not a whole hell of a lot to analyze about the game outside of the actual basket that Jordan Hawkins made with the three at 60 to 55. You don't have to be an expert of the sport. You don't have to be, obviously, Eddie Erickson or Chris Russo or Colin Schmidt or anybody else. You watch the game. For those of you who did, and that jumper that Hawkins made when UConn was in a little trouble there for a brief 30, 90 minute, you know, maybe, uh, you know, a two minute segment against a, a rugged, never quit, scrappy San Diego State team. But that basket, which came after he made two big free throws, uh, and he's a good free throw shooter, that basket was a huge basket in the game. I mean, that's just all there is to it. Uh, And that gave them some cushion at 63-55 where they couldn't turn the ball over that much, and away they go. We all know they probably should have had a much bigger lead than the 12-point advantage they had at the half, 36-24. I mean, they scored the last six points, San Diego State. That game should have been closer to 20. Hurley mentioned that to Tracy Wolfson going off the court. So from that standpoint, point they probably were a little disappointed and they never quite could put San Diego State away in half number two credit San Diego State and credit really in a lot of ways Connecticut did not play as well and you're talking to me who's seen every game Connecticut did not play as well in this tournament as we had in this uh in this uh, Final Four as they had played earlier in the tournament. I mean, they played wonderfully second half against Iona. Again, they trailed, of course, at the half 37-34 against Patino. You know, they were down 17-9 against St. Mary's, and then the, the Gales never got up for air after that. They killed Arkansas, and they destroyed Gonzaga. Uh, you know, they played decent enough against Miami, but 15 turnovers. And although Miami never really was quite in the game, they did have the ball down eight in the second half with an opportunity after the uh, UConn had some chances to blow them out. And last night, same kind of thing. So they didn't play as dominant as we have seen them earlier in this tournament. But, uh, you know, 50% of or 75% of UConn turned out to be a lot better than, say, 80 or 90% of some of these other teams, especially this weekend down in Houston. I mean, you know, Sonogo's a big, rugged guy. He could be a good, you know, he might be a better pro than you think. He got a little Moses Malone in him. You know, he's a rugged offensive rebounder. He's got a relentless streak in him. Uh, you know, I don't know. And listen, I, do I think he's going to be a great NBA player? Not necessarily, but, you know, he had a hell of a tournament, and he likes to play. He likes to play, Sonogo. He likes to play. Klingon is going to be a very good player down the road, probably at the next level. He runs the floor well. He blocks shots. He's a very good kid. And uh, so expect good things out of him. You know, Newton did a good job last night, albeit the turnovers. Uh, you know, Jackson's going to be a great player. He's already said he's coming back next year. We'll have to wait and see if that continues. But he loves playing college basketball. He loves to win. So uh, who knows? Uh, but, you know, UConn's just they're better than San Diego State. I mean, that's just all there is to it. You know, I mean, are they the best team pound for pound in college basketball? Well, they did lose seven games in the Big East. They did finish fifth in the Big East. Uh, so, I mean, I can't say that they were unbeatable. I mean, they hadn't lost a game outside of the Big East all year. I don't know if that's a – I'm not sure why that is. A little flukish. I, I, I don't have real, real, real read on that. But, I mean, who knows? I mean, you know, if Alabama didn't hiccup against San Diego State and had played better, maybe a little distraction off the court. You know, UCLA had a big injury, and maybe if that didn't happen, but that's the way cookie crumbles. 
in this NCAA. You got to, as Wenzel said, and, you know, we've talked about this before. I mentioned it yesterday. As Wenzel said, the key ingredient for a team in a lot of ways is to go out there and be confident going into a tournament. And uh, I was floored. I told you this story already. I was floored after the Marquette game in the, in the Big East. They lost that game 73-71. I was at that game. With the infamous Doug Smith, the guy who had the 10 on 7. Yes, him. Uh, I was at that game. And after the game in the rain, I went down to the buses. You know, A, really to see Tim. But I went down in the buses to sort of, you know, see my buddy Tom Moore and, you know, everything else. I was floored how bummed out they were. And you know me and my, my little stupid personality. And, you know, I, I like to be friends with the athlete anyway. And, you know, I know him, you know, I know him as, you know, he's Timmy's dad. You know, that kind of crap. And so I say, guys, what do you want? Jeez, relax. We lost by two. We we'll bounce back. You got a game next week. You rather lose? You rather win today? You rather lose? Or rather win next week? Which one you want? And you know, and I was really surprised how the floor they were. That game against Marquette really bothered them. And I think they came with a little edge to them in this tournament, maybe because of that game. You know, they felt they had a little unfinished business. And I'm only ba- saying that based on what I saw with my own eyes. Uh, in the rain, getting under that bus at the Madison Square Garden on 8th Avenue and 33rd Street on uh, whatever that date was. What, March 11th, March 10th, somewhere along those lines. And, uh, you know, they play with a purpose, although not as great uh, this weekend. Uh, and the other aspect of UConn is, hey, listen, let's face it. I mean, they've won five championships in 24 years with three different coaches. I mean, I, I don't know where uh, you're going to find a better program in college basketball today. They've had a million pros. Part of it's Calhoun, all right, but they want a title with Ali, and they want a title with Hurley. Ali's part of the Calhoun tree, and Calhoun left them some players. Hurley is not. And, you know, I mean, Hurley's got his dad, and he's got Seton Hall, and he's got PJ. He's not part of the UConn tree. And Hurley went in there and, you know, did a hell of a job. He rebuilt the program after they went at American Conference. Going back to the Big East was a big factor. He got Tom Moore in there to help him out, who was obviously from the Calhoun crew. He brought Luke Murray in there, who's a very good assistant with Xavier in Louisville and is a good recruiter. He got Kamani in there, who is going to be a Kamani Young, who's going to be a big-time coach one day. I mean, he's got a good staff, and he's a hard-nosed guy, and, you know, he did what he did. And I feel good for Hurley because you get the idea from listening to the CBS broadcasts and everything else. You know, he's been kind of lived in the shadow there his whole, his whole life. You know, the anxiety issues early in his career, played for his dad, very successful. Bobby's winning championships at Duke. And so, you know, I think he was a little, he's a kid brother. And, you know, he got, as he said this morning on the Today Show, now he can sit at the, uh, at the big table with the family and realize, and realize he belongs sitting there. And UConn's a blue blood. You could talk Kansas. You could talk Kentucky. You could talk Duke. You could talk North Carolina. You could talk UCLA. You could talk anybody you want. Connecticut belongs. And yes, uh, Timmy Russo last night did go on the ladder uh, after I told you the story yesterday about how he didn't want to get in the way necessarily of the uh, celebration after the win against Gonzaga in Las Vegas. Uh, and he was afraid to go on the ladder and, you know, what kind of stayed out of the way. And uh, I, I couldn't understand that, nor could anybody involved in the UConn program. So, I mean, we got that straightened out last week. And so, you know, as the game was ending yesterday, you know what uh, Mrs. Rousseau is doing, and you sort of know what I'm doing. I'm looking all over the place. Where the hell is he? I mean, I don't see him here. I don't see him there. I can't pick him out out of a lineup. It took about 40 minutes, you know, and right before one shining moment, I did see him in line, hat turned back, hat turned around backwards, and he was about to uh, get on, you know, line to you know, cut a little of that strand out. 
And then, you know, we kind of let it go because, you know, I didn't speak to him. And then at uh, about 1 o'clock in the morning, I think it was 109, uh, he FaceTimed me and he was in that locker room and he was all excited. So, uh, you know, that's what you're looking for. Uh, if you're, you know, listen, he didn't score one basket, you know, driving Jordan Hawkins around to get a haircut in the middle of the summertime. I don't know if that really is, uh, you know, an incredible, significant contribution to a team that just won a title. I, I, but you need a support staff, right? So what the hell? I mean, I guess you count this as a support staff. I give Tom Moore all the credit in the world. You know, Tom Moore is the one who, uh, you know, said, listen, we'll take Tim. You know, no job. They created a spot for him. Uh, there was no grad assistant available. He didn't go to UConn. But they took him up there, and uh, this is two years ago, and this is a guy who uh, a year ago last uh, March was basically locked out of the, uh, uh, that, MS, that HMS Arena in Buffalo when they lost to New Mexico State in the first round because they actually they gave his credential to uh, a donor, which is what uh, happens. I mean, a guy donates $3 million, and he wants to go to the first-round playoff game. Sorry, Tim, uh, we're taking yours. Uh, and, you know, he was basically, you know, it took him forever to get back in. And, you know, it almost served UConn, right? They lost. That was my thinking at the time. Uh, but, you know, he got through that. And uh, as a result of that, uh, you know, he came back here his second year. He's still getting a sports management degree. And UConn has been, and Hurley, and Hurley has been very good to him. I mean, and what have you. Now, listen, I mean, it's, uh, they're doing us a favor by having him there. But, you know, it's not like Timmy's, you know, making, you know he's, he's a great assistant. So figure that out. When you're a grad assistant. But, I mean, it's, uh, there's no other way around it. Uh, you know, when you see your kid running around with that program and you see him at the end of the bench and he's sitting in the stands last night, no room on that bench. Uh, you know, I actually had a better seat than he did on Saturday, but uh, he was in a better role last night. But when you see him, and I mean something to you. I'm not going to deny it. And then you see him there in the locker room after the game with the trophy and you see uh, he sends me the video of him cutting a little strand off the, off the basket. You know, I mean, it means something to you. That's why you're there for, right? You're not there to get rich. It's not like uh, Hurley's bringing Timmy in and say, Timmy, devise uh, a out-of-bounds out play for me, will you please, against a 2-3 with San Diego State. Or, you know, uh, give me a two-minute offense run. Will you t- uh, none of that. I mean, again, it's a lot of making sure they get out of bed to go to breakfast in the morning. So when you do have a chance to, you know, be part of it in a tiny way, I'm, I don't want to make this any more than a little tiny way for the parents. It's not like he's, you know, he's not scoring. He's not Caravan's. I'm not Caravan's father. So, I mean, when you see him there, it means something to you. So, I mean, it makes it feel like it's worth it. And I, I told him this morning when I FaceTimed him when he was, you know, moving all the footlockers to the team bus. They had a plane at 11 a.m. Uh, team bus. And I told him, I said, listen, Tim, you know, two years ago, you are driving around. His last game at Tampa was in Melbourne. No. Yeah, I think it was in Melbourne against Florida Memorial. They lost, and uh, they blew a nine-point lead with 3.20 to go. They lost, even less than that, maybe two minutes left. They lost, and on the way home, he was making sure he got, you know, Richard Schmidt's dinner organized on the team bus. I said, Tim, you, in two years, you went from driving around Florida. Now, that team in their, in their league won the Division Two championship this year in Nova, Southeast, Nova, Nova Southeastern, so... That's a good league. But still, you're driving around in a bus, you know, uh, making sure their pizza orders are all set after they play at 730 at night, you know, in Boca Raton, back to Tampa. You did that, and you're cutting down a net or a strand of it, winning a championship. That in two years. That's not bad. That's not bad. 
You know, a lot of guys didn't get a chance to do that. Coaches included. Coaches included. Don Nelson never cut down on that. He's got the most wins in the history of the NBA. Coaches included. So enjoy it. And then, way if you enjoy it, I can enjoy it. No, well, you know what? I didn't do anything, so I'm not going to go on the court when we beat Gonzaga. Nonsense. Get in that court. They're letting you on the court. Get in the court. He did, and it was worthwhile. Thank God. Want more Chris Russo? Listen to Mad Dog Unleashed weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82. Mad Dog Daily Bite is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.